right. Good morning. Good morning. Man, don't you guys just love Arkansas fall? I mean, it is just so nice out there. Man. Uh, yeah, so two weeks ago we had sleet, and then we had tornado warnings. So next week we'll have a heat advisory, clearly. So uh, it's good to see you guys. It's been a, it's been a full week, man. Uh, God's been doing a lot around our church. Uh, got to celebrate the life of one of our sisters in Christ this last week, Tanya Spillane. She went home to be with the Lord. Praise God for the hope of heaven. Amen. And, uh, and they had, we had eight people raise their hand to give their life to Jesus during that service. So let's give God a hand for that. Amen. And uh, it's a good celebration for sure. Had father-daughter ball. And um, uh, praise God, your daughters are not getting the rhythm from you. Uh, it, was, it was something to see. That, it was something else. It was, it was good, though. Last week, we opened up this series and talking a lot to marriages, primarily, um, just talking to uh, where people are at with that, hopefully encouraging them. We, we started by saying, though, we don't want anybody to look in the rearview mirror of their life. We've all made mistakes, and this is not about reminding you of those mistakes and trying to get you in a place of guilt and shame and condemnation from your past, but really just trying to equip you where you're at right now and then help you going forward. And uh, we're just talking about, man, the, the, the pitfalls, man. We don't have Christ at the center. We don't have Jesus as your primary example. And when we are, as husbands, not leading in that, laying down our lives for our spouses the way that Christ laid his life down for us, it can cause a lot of problems. And, uh, and so today, we're, we're going we're gonna to be talking to the group of people in our church to try to help set them up before they get to that place where... They're trying to figure it out in the middle of marriage. Today, I want to talk to all the single people. And I want to start by saying we are really, really thankful for the single people that are in our church. You are welcome here. We believe in you. Uh, we know that God has incredible plans and purposes for your life. But it is incredibly important, if you're a single person in this room, that you get a biblical approach to relationship and marriage. Because if you don't, man, it is going to be a long road in relationship and in marriage. It's a tough, tough place when you don't get who you are in Christ. The things we're going to talk about today, it's difficult. Because all of us have been to one of those weddings where we're sitting in that wedding. And as we get into it, we are not convinced that they are going to last 20 days. We're like, keep the gift receipt, baby, because this one, we're going to be able to take that back. I guarantee you right now. Because you could tell even before the wedding came, man, I just don't know that these people have Jesus in the middle of what they're doing. And without that, you're in trouble. But some of the stats, just so you know, these are, these are some strong stats about the populations, the numbers, and the statistics of single people in our nation. 100 million single adults in the United States, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. The majority of U.S. households, majority, so at least 51% of U.S. households are led by single adults. Single people make up 44% of the workplace. And 75 to 80% of singles will marry someday. So, if you're single in here, 75 to 80% of you are planning on getting married someday. So I think it's pretty important that we talk about this. I do know that there are different types of single people. I want to talk through those. First of all, you have intentional singleness. The Bible calls this the gift of singleness. 
In 1 Corinthians 7, 7, this is Paul talking about his own singleness. It says, I wish everyone could get along without marrying just as I do, but we're not all the same. God gives some the gift of marriage and to others, he gives the gift of singleness. So if you've never just had a burning desire to get married, then this may be you. Now, some of you have absolutely no desire to be married. The problem is you're married and, uh, and it's creating some issues for you and for us as a church. But people that have the gift of singleness, these people are not always looking around for a potential mate. You know, a lot of you single people, you walked in here, you graded every person in the room. You're like already on top of things trying to figure out is that. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm like a, how they raise their hands kind of weird. It's kind of not, you know, whatever it is. How do you know if you have this gift? How do you know if you have the gift of singleness? Uh, simple. You can live your whole life and not have any desire to give yourself physically and emotionally to someone of the opposite sex. So a blunt way to say it is you can live your whole life with not having sex and not get frustrated. That's how you know you have the gift of singleness. And there's also situational singleness. This is by circumstances. Maybe it just hasn't worked out yet. Uh, maybe it's just the math of the thing, meaning you're just young right now. You're too young to be thinking about getting married or getting married at this place. Maybe you just haven't met the right person. Uh, maybe you've never found anybody worth marrying. Lord knows that can happen. Uh, you know, that can happen for sure. Uh, maybe you want to be married, but you've never been asked. That can, have a pro- that can be a problem too. Or maybe you've been asked, but you've just been asked by the wrong person. And that can be frustrating as well. Uh, maybe you've been divorced. That's certainly circumstantial, and it's difficult and painful. Maybe you've been widowed. Uh, also, situational, circumstantial, and, and incredibly painful, unless you're the one that killed them. And in which case, you're here and you didn't get caught, so you're really happy about that. So, but but it, it, it can be incredibly painful when you're in that place and trying to figure out what's next. Okay, and then there's preferential singleness. Now, this group could be married if they want to, but they have a preference not to be, but it is not a conviction. It's just a preference that they have. Can, can you get married for the wrong reasons? Yes. You can also get married for the right reasons, right? But you can also stay single for the wrong reasons. Uh, some of those reasons, you're just real tight with money. You don't want to share. So you're not interested in bringing somebody else in the mix. You might have to share some of your money with. You may be an extreme control freak. And so you'd rather not have anybody else come in and take some of your control. Maybe it's just a, feel of, a fear of being married, a fear of failure. That if you do get married, that it, it won't work. Or you just have the fear of talking to people. It's just a difficult for you to approach someone of the opposite sex. And Pastor Rick always told us the story of this guy that came up to him after a service but he had one of those real deep southern accents, southern draw. We call it banjo voice. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Hey, Pastor Mark, I don't know if you know. I, I, did, I like the guy. I want to get married one day, but I can't. It's real, real tough for me to talk to either, any of those girls. It's real hard. <laughs> so Pastor Rick just tried to settle him down like, hey, man, this is what you do. 
whoever, whoever, you just go up to them and you say, hey, we've got scones out in the foyer. You want a scone? Just say that. And before he could tell them that he was just joking about it, that guy went up and was like, okay. So he went right over to this girl, like immediately walked to this girl like, hey, how many of you know? You want, you want to go out there in the foyer and get on scone? And she responded in a banjo voice. Well, yeah, of course I want to go down because banjo voices go together, typically speaking. And so now uh, they're married <laughs> and they've got a kid and, uh, and they named him Scone. Just joking. <laughs> the last part's not true. But I would say this. Don't let fear ever be the reason why you do or don't do anything in your life. Because fear is not from God. Uh, so don't let fear be the reason why you're not getting married. Uh, some don't want to get married because they don't want more responsibility. You know, the guys that are 35 and still living with their mom, those type of people, they, they're just not looking to have more responsibility in their life. Maybe that's the reason why. Um, some people, they want to have sex, but they want to have sex without commitment. And, uh, and that's unfortunate. It just means the conviction of the Holy Spirit is, is not on their relationships. The Word of God is not around it. But that can be a reason. I, I will say this. M- most single people, if you're totally honest and you're trying to do this a godly way, you want to have at least one good year of marriage before Jesus comes back. Come on now. You know that's the case. Or just one good week. Give me just one good week of marriage. And, I, I, and, and, and we've communicated this before. At one point, though, I was standing around a few college students, and I told them, like, hey, I know y'all... Y'all want Jesus to give you at least, y'all want to get married, and, and, and then you want to have at least one good year of marriage before Jesus comes back. And they just looked at me like a cow staring at a new gate, like they didn't get it. And then I realized the reason why they didn't get it, because they ain't waiting. They didn't care. And I think it's very, very important that in your relationship, you understand that if you're living life outside of the word of God and outside of what God says is a healthy foundation for marriage. You, understand, you need to understand this is not God trying to keep you from enjoying yourself. It is God trying to protect you from heartache. And so keep the Holy Spirit strong in it. But those are some reasons why people may not want to get married. And they're the wrong reasons. So this is some things I've noticed about a single life as a parent. First of all, being single is a great time to enjoy. It's a great time to enjoy. So I, I want to say this. Any single people here at NLC, don't be sensitive about being single. Don't be sensitive about being single. Don't feel like a second-rate citizen because you're not. You're not. I remember one time a singles group came up to Pastor Rick after a sermon like this, and they said, hey, we really would prefer you not call us singles. We would prefer you to call us unmarrieds with an S. We're unmarried. And to me, that is just way too sensitive. I mean, it's just kind of like, no, this is simple math, okay? There's one of you, (laughs) single, one. That's like you telling us you want us to rename one. Well, half of two. uh, You have half of two, and then you have two, and then you have three. And, and it's just silly. I, I think that you need to enjoy and embrace the season of life that you're at. And you won't be able to if you're walking around with your feelings on your sleeve. It says this in Philippians 4, 11 through 12. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I've learned the secret of being content in every situation. In every situation. Now, you'll notice, this is Paul speaking. He said that he learned, which means at one point he didn't know that. He had to learn it. He had to learn what it was. But here's the thing. To be content is not something that you do naturally. It is something that you figure out supernaturally. And you only get that by understanding who you are in Jesus. And you, Actually, this verse, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi, and he's writing them this letter while he's in prison, talking about how he's found contentment. He's got joy. He's fine because he's embracing the season of life that he's in. I, I've noticed that people in our culture seldom encourage contentment in life. Have you noticed that? Like I remember back when I, when I was single, when are you going to get a girlfriend? So then I got a girlfriend. When are you guys going to get married? Okay. So then I propose. When's the wedding? So then you get married. When are y'all going to start having kids? So you have one kid. When are you going to have another kid? So we had another kid. When are you going to have another kid? And we had another kid. And then we had another kid. And they're like, when are you going to have another kid? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and then after that, when are you going to get a pet? When are you going to get a pool? I'm sure eventually, I'm in, I, right now, I'm not worried about having more kids. But I'm sure at one point or another, people are going to start, when are you guys going to start having grandkids? <laughs> and when are you going to have another grandkid and another grandkid? And then eventually, when are you going to retire? And eventually, like, when are you going to die? <laughs> because we don't live in a place of contentment in the season that we're in. And I would encourage you, especially single people, enjoy every season that you're in. Have fun. Make memories. Be content in who you are in Christ and confident in that place. Because if you're always looking down the road at what's next, you're going to miss some amazing things that are right in front of you. And I find that so many people just don't enjoy the moments that they're in. When you're single, man, when you're single, you can dominate in your relationship with Christ. Because you can be singularly focused on your relationship with Christ. I'm not saying you can't grow in Christ once you're married, but it's more difficult. It really is. It's more difficult at that place. When you're single... You don't have to worry about the complexities of how your relationship with God relates to the relationship with God of your spouse. You get just to be kind of selfish with it and grow in that place. The Bible says, like, take advantage of this season because when you're married, you're living for someone else. And, but I have noticed a lot of marriages have failed because married people try to act like they're single still. And that don't work. I remember when I was single, man, I would just like be hanging out and be like, I'm going to go go on a drive. I'm just going to go drive around. So I'd go and get my car and I'd just drive around. Just drive around. I don't do that anymore. I'm never at the house hanging out with Cody and the kids. I'm just going to go drive around. She's like, excuse me? And some of y'all might feel like it's okay to just keep doing that. And that's why you got marriage problems. But I would encourage you to enjoy staying up late. Like when you're single, you can still pull pranks without eternal consequences, you know. You can go on missions trips. The fellas in the house, like life is so inexpensive when you're single. Spend all your money now because someday it will all be gone. 
Is there a box of tissues somewhere? (laughs) Girls, watch sappy chick flicks. Because every man knows that there are two kinds of movies. Chick flicks and good movies. Like that. (laughs) But take long drives with your girlfriends, you know, with the windows rolled down, blaring Taylor Swift, singing at the top of your lungs. Enjoy her while you can, because when she gets married, she's not going to have anything to write about anymore. Come on, let's be honest. (laughs) But enjoy this season of being single. Also, being single is a great time to prepare. It's a great time to prepare, meaning prepare yourself in Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 7.32, I'd like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how to please the Lord, but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world and how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. Likewise, an unmarried woman is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and in spirit, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of the world and how she can please her husband. Now, He clarifies, I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. So he's not saying, don't get married because then you'll be divided. It's just saying, understand who you are in Christ now so that when you do get married, it doesn't break you. That you know who you are. And being single is a great time to prepare yourself. But I find that so often we like to skip seasons of preparation because we're always looking at what's next. You know, David in the Bible took 15 years to prepare himself to be king. 15 years. And he needed every one of those years to be the king that God had called him to be. And there was one time in his life that he decided to make a shortcut against God's plan. And it went really bad really quick. I think it's really important that we allow God to prepare us, but we have to embrace those seasons of being prepared because God does things in 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 our years of singleness that for the most part can't happen when we're in relationships. It's so much more difficult because it's undivided attention. And an undivided, a divided heart can't give undivided attention. So, Basically, what I'm saying is fall in love with God before you fall in love with someone else. Just fall completely in love with God before you fall in love with someone else. Single people, you can get more clarity about your purpose and your calling while you're single than you can when you're married. It's so much more difficult when you're married. And I think it's important that you understand this so that you don't try to rush the process. Being married doesn't make you happy. That's not what being married is about. Uh, Marriage is not the cure for loneliness. If you're miserable when you're single, you will be miserable when you're married. You'll just have somebody else to pour your misery on. If you don't understand what it means to have joy and contentment, and happiness, and peace, and rest in your season of singleness, 
Marriage is not going to fix those things. God didn't design it to fix those things. He designed you to be completely fixed by Him. Completely. Completely fixed. And so you run your race. This is what I tell people. Like if they're looking for a spouse, you run your race. You run at Jesus. You run at Jesus with everything that you have and you focus on Him. And one day as you're running your race, you might notice that somebody's running about the same pace as you alongside of you. And it doesn't have to distract you from running your own race. You just notice and you realize, wow, you know what? I could run without them, but I'm even better running with them. And that person might be the person God has called you to marry. There's a good chance. Cody and I love each other. And we like each other most of the time. We dream together. We have a blast together, but marriage is work. Marriage is work. And I guarantee you this, if we had not spent the season of our life being single and understanding who we were in Christ, our marriage would look way different and not better. It's a great time right now to prepare yourself. How can you love someone else If you can't love the God who might put you together, you can't. It's impossible. The word says to seek first the kingdom of God. And and this is what I know for without a doubt. God wants you to be a leader before he wants you to be a husband or a wife. God wants you to be a servant before he makes you a spouse. God wants you to have your confidence in him before he gives you a confidant. And God wants you to know where your love comes from before he gives you a lover, without a doubt. Number three, being single is the best time to be confident and patient. Romans 8, 25. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So I'd encourage you just to be confident in this season. I, want you, I think you should go around acting like you're already taken. You're already taken because if you are focused on who you are in Jesus, you are. And you can be completely confident in that season. Trust God for his timing. And when you start liking somebody, don't get insecure and run into something. Like take a season. I would give it three months before you even make any kind of serious commitment because there's a good chance it's just a crush that's going to come and go. Make sure that this thing is coming from God. And if some guy asks you out, ladies, you can just confidently look at him like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go and pray about that. I'll let you know what I decide. And be confident about it. Then do your research. Ask around. This is the only time you get to gossip, you know? Just find out, who is this dude? Some of you have this fear and this insecurity, like, but but what if I miss it? Come on, do you really think God is going to punish you because you're trying to do the right thing? You think God's going to give you less because you were trying to honor him with your life and the most important covenant outside of salvation? No, God's not going to punish you. Stay confident. Stay confident. Nehemiah 8.10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Quit chasing after happiness. And rest in the joy of the Lord. 
and wait on him. Be confident in this season. Can I get an amen? amen. So I want to, uh, this list could be really, really long, but I'm going to give just some ideas to help single people with, with how to identify somebody that, that could be from God. First, I want to help the ladies. I want to help the ladies. Uh, first of all, does he love Christ more than he loves himself? You want to be able to identify that. The most important decision that you will ever make in your life outside of salvation is who are you going to marry? And, and so if the most important thing in your life is your salvation, you want to make sure that it's the most important thing in the person's life that you're pursuing or that's going to pursue you. And I think that this is really important because if you don't, you, you will be drawn by all the wrong things, by the things that the world is drawn towards. So just don't, don't marry a guy because of his accessories. Oh, he's just got an amazing job and a great truck and a boat and nice abs and great hair. Here's the thing. Without Christ, without Christ, you're going to want to burn his truck, sink his boat, pull his hair out and stab him in the abs. That's just the way it's going to work. So don't marry him for the same thing the rest of the world chases after. You've got to look something deeper than this. Check out his routine with the word of God. What's his routine with the word of God? Like, is he reading? Is he praying? Does he care about hurting people? Does he care about people that are down and out? And some girls may say, but he's got a great heart. Okay, well, the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked. So if you want to marry him because you feel like he's got good feels, I'm just telling you, you don't go by what he says. You go by what he does. You go by what he shows through his actions. Because it doesn't matter how great he sounds. Oh, man, he's so sincere. Uh, Some of the most insensitive-looking people I know are some of the most gracious, considerate, and giving, compassionate people I'll ever meet. They don't necessarily look that way in their appearance, but man, do they know how to love people. So you need to look for that. You need to look for that. Is God number one in his life? 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Stop forming inappropriate relationships with unbelievers. Can right and wrong be partners? Can light have anything in common with darkness? Can a believer share life with an unbeliever? The answer is no, no, no. No. How can you give your life to someone who rejects the most important thing in your life? It doesn't work. At one point or another, you, you, look, you're going to need Jesus. Because here's the thing. When you get married at one point or another, all the romance and lovey-dovey stuff, it's going to fade to a certain extent. And you just need to know this, okay, ladies? Someday... The man you married is going to be sitting on the toilet while you're brushing your teeth. And girl, you're going to need Jesus. Because all the romance ain't going to help you in that moment. You're going to need Jesus in the word of God. Because you know what's worse than being single? Wishing you were single. And I promise you, if you get unevenly yoked, that's how you're going to feel. Proverbs 15, 13, a happy heart makes a face cheerful, but heartache crushes. 
And I've seen a lot of heartache of people that are in the place where they didn't wait on God and they didn't wait on his timing. And they picked the wrong dude. Another thing, does he honor God with his money? Meaning, does he work hard, pay his bills, have integrity? Uh, Again, before Adam had Eve, he had a job. And he was faithful with it. Matthew 7, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it's important to see, does he tithe? Does he give to the work of God? Is he generous towards other people? Because I find most of the time that selfish, materialistic people don't make great husbands, typically speaking. You'll be miserable in that place. Another thing, does he have a burst of anger? Does he have a burst of anger? Because... Here's the deal. If he's punching the steering wheel now, you don't want that to be your face down the road. And so if he's got an anger issue now, it's probably only going to get worse. And it usually does in marriage. It's not like every emotion is heightened in marriage. Every emotion. And so you need to see that. This, when he, you need to watch him lose at something. Watch him lose at something and see how he handles himself. Is he teachable? Some of y'all married like, I married the wrong person. (laughs) That is not what this message is about. We rebuke you, Satan. Get behind thee. But is he willing to admit when he's wrong? Does he he ask for help on stuff? I was playing basketball against another pastor one time, and and I beat him, obviously. Uh, (laughs) And he flipped out. Just threw a little hissy fit. Grabbed the basketball and kicked it as hard as he could. Just throwing stuff around. He was religious, though, so he was doing, like, all the Christian cuss words. But with, like, a lot of resentment. Like, shoot. This stinks. And you're just so mad. And freshly just stormed out of the gym. I was just like, wow. But then I thought this. I wonder what his wife sees. If he's like that <laughs> with me, who is he like around the people that he likes and loves the most? Because typically they get the brunt of it. So you need to be aware of that. Do your friends and family have a piece about him? I think this is important. You need to, when, when you go to your loved ones and you're talking to them about some guy that you're interested in, they're going to feel pressure to give you a blessing. What do you think about? Well, uh, yeah. I would say go for more than the blessing. Look for equal enthusiasm. You want the people that you trust and respect and love to be looking at him like, this is amazing. Yes, this is great. It took me a while to earn that with Cody's family. I just want to tell you that right now. Like it didn't happen right at first. But look for that. Look for that. And so I also want to do this. I want to speak to all the sweet girls. Because I find that a lot of times sweet girls go after the bad boys. If you have nine friends that are all telling you, run. Run! Get away from it. It's probably not a good thing. You may be feeling, but I can change him. We can have an open mic testimonial service right now. (laughs) 
with all the people that would tell you how that doesn't work out. It is not your job to change somebody. That is the Spirit, Holy Spirit's job. And you let him keep working on them. And if at some point they come around, praise God. And if it's in time and you still feel led and they can earn you, then great. Otherwise, bye. You move on. Some things for the, about ladies, for the brothers in the house, okay? Because I've been pretty tough on the dudes. So here it comes, ladies. Watch how she gets along with her family and past roommates. Because she could put on a real good front with her current roommate, but you start interviewing her past roommates, you're going to learn something. I guarantee you that. Now, I will say this. If they didn't know Jesus before, then clearly you have to pass it through a different filter. Because without Jesus, they're going to act a different way. It's the same thing with God. So looking into their past and studying who they were, it really is only fair if... if if they were a believer before, if they weren't a believer before, then you, it's going to take you longer to understand who they are now because they, they will be different with Jesus. They will be different. Proverbs thirty one thirty one says, Give her her reward that she has earned over time and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. The Bible says that the early church had favor in the sight of God and man. So does she have real friends who like her and love her? And, and I would encourage you to check her pathway backwards a little bit. Because if you can, you can tell a lot about who she's going to be in the future by studying her past. Another thing, does she like to draw attention to her body? 1 Peter 3.3. 3. What matters is not your outward appearance, the studying of your hair, the jewelry you wear, the cut of your clothes, but your inner disposition. Like, I have no problem with fashion. I have no problem with looking cool. I think you need to slap a little paint on the old barn every once in a while, if you know what I mean. But here's the thing. When it gets provocative, it's out of line. You've missed it. You've missed it. The Bible tells us to look for what it's called this unfading beauty. One translation calls it a holy beauty. I've noticed that some people spend more time working on their face in the morning than they ever spend working on their soul. And when that is the case, that's not who you want to marry. Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. So it's her integrity. It's her character. So watch what she posts on Instagram and social media. Is she trying to draw attention to herself, to her body, or is she trying to draw attention to her Lord? 1 Timothy 2, 9. A woman should be dressed modestly. Unfortunately, some girls have a false sense of confidence when people are checking out different body parts that they have. And it's a really sad place for them to be, and it leads them to a world of heartache. But if you are seeing that in a girl, that's not a girl that you need to worry about pursuing. And she's not the, the girl that God would have for you. And I want to speak to the girls on that for just a second. Have you ever noticed how many commercials there are for average cars? I remember back when I was in high school, they had the Geos. Remember the Geos? Say, I like the Geo Metro. And they would run those commercials nonstop, just like over and over and over again. And the big thing was like the gas mileage they got. But if you've seen these cars, they're like a rolling tin can. Like you get hit in that, you're dead. You're like there's just nothing. I mean, you're, there's no hope. But they, they were trying desperately 
to get people to buy these things. So they just run commercials for them over and over and over and over and over again. But let me ask you this. How many commercials have you seen for a Lamborghini? The reason why you don't see commercials for Lamborghinis is because they know their value and they don't have to prove it. So ladies, do you want to be a Geo Metro or do you want to be a Lamborghini? Because when you know your value in Christ, you don't have to advertise yourself to try to prove your worth. You can sit by quietly knowing your value and you let somebody come and check out the value. You're welcome, dads. <laughs> Another thing, watch her words and countenance when under stress. Like, what does she do when she doesn't get her own way? Watch that. Does she yell, cry, scream? Everybody has seen a kid, like, have a meltdown in Walmart, right? The thing is, sometimes those little babies never grow up. Like, they, they just keep kind of acting that way for the rest of their life. And so I think it's important that you're just aware of how she responds when things are not going her own way. She's freaking out. So why is all this important? Because we're living in some crazy days. Honestly, I, I'm thankful I'm not in your shoes if you're single. Because it is getting more and more difficult to wade through the craziness of life, the craziness of culture. Honestly, I don't think I could do it if I was single right now. And I'll I'll just tell you this. If Cody ever leaves me, I'm going with her because I will not, I'm not going to do life well single. It's just not going to happen. I do think it can be great to be a Christian right now. But I also know this, without the right spouse, it's too dangerous. It says in 1 Timothy 3, 3 through 5, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lover of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Honestly, this is the list. This is the list. Have nothing to do with such people. If you're single, trust God. Trust God. Wait on him. Wait on him. You're his son. You're his daughter. What father doesn't want to give his kids good things? You can trust him. It's going to come. It's going to wait. Wait. Trust in him. Single people, if you're going to get married and stay married, you've got to know that you have to be teamed up the spirit of God with his word you have to be strong in relationship with him and and I want to pray for you right now let's close our eyes bow our heads Father God I lift up every person Um, some of them they're just young It's, it's not time some of them don't even need to be thinking about marriage even though they're thinking about marriage but 
wherever their seasonal life is, God, whatever they're going through, whatever's happening, Lord, I'll lift them up to you right now. And I ask, Father, that you strengthen them in their identity in Christ. God, I pray that they wouldn't rush things and get impatient and and allow themselves to, to go after the wrong relationship with the wrong person just because of feelings. But God, it would be confirmed. It would be confirmed by your spirit. It would be confirmed in your word and be confirmed by the people who love them. God, I pray that they would seek counsel with other people. I pray, God, that you would guard and protect their innocence and their purity. And God, if they've made mistakes in that area, I thank you, God, that you can heal anything. And I thank you they don't have to walk around feeling like they're less, but they can feel completely valued because you gave your son Jesus for them. God, we thank you for the single people that are in our church. I pray that you would help us as a church to come alongside of them and encourage them and support them and exhort them and challenge them and then celebrate with them, God, when you bring them the person that they're supposed to be with, that you have designed, that you've created for them to be with. We thank you for them also want to just pray for anybody right now who you know you are lacking an identity in Christ. No matter what your status is, you're going to struggle until you give your life to your creator. You're going to struggle as long as you have not surrendered to him, admitted you can't save yourself and that you need a savior. If you're here today and you know you, know you need to do that, You know you're away from him and you need to come to him today. Or maybe you need to come back to him because you've been away from him. You've been away from him. I want to give you a chance just to respond to him. If that's you, nobody look around, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, just slip your hand up. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. I need Jesus. Yes, got it. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Anybody else? I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Got it. Thanks, bro. Anybody else? Yes, yes. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. Praise God for that. Come on. This is the most important decision you can ever make. Anybody else? I need to get right with Jesus. I need to get right with Jesus. I want to know who I am in him. Anybody else? Okay. Somebody over here? Okay. All right. Got it. Every person, raise your hand. I want you just to talk to God right there in your chair. I'd encourage you to tell somebody about this as soon as you can. Go public with it through water baptism. But let's just talk to God right there. Say this, say, God, I know that I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. But I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. And right now I ask you to forgive me. And I stop and I turn away from the way I've been living. I don't wanna live for myself, I repent. I want to live for you. I want to live according to your plan, to your purpose. I surrender my life to you. And I thank you for giving me a new start, for giving me a new chance, for giving me life and life to the full. That's what I want. Father God, I thank you for every person that made that decision today. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for how much you love us. So you make it so clear what it takes to be successful in relationship and successful in life and, and to really experience your blessings and your grace and your joy and your peace. We love that. 
We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. We had a few people raise their hand to get right with Jesus. Let's give God some glory for that. Let's give them a hand. Welcome to the family. We love you.